This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's up, y'all? Welcome on into the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you here from Fort Rucker Studio. Ben McKee coming to you from across town there at his unnamed home studio. And as you would normally tell by the, the truncated version of this intro, we got a breaking news edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. We still don't have all the audio issues that we want to have as we want to have them. We're working on that. This is a little better, but we will have it fixed, hopefully, fingers crossed, by next week. But nonetheless, we are here talking Tennessee basketball because there is a lot of breaking news, Ben. I guess first off, uh, we should say the, the most recent addition, Tennessee has just added Dalton Connect, who was a big-time uh, wing guard uh, player out of northern Colorado, a kid who's got a really interesting story that we'll get into here in a little bit, but basically one of the biggest prizes in the portal. But that's hardly the the only breaking news to talk about here. It's been a really, really, really busy couple of days, Ben, and there's been a lot of roster movement here that's happened with Tennessee, right? We were waiting on some of these things to happen, and like, boom, now they're all happening at once. It sure has. There was nothing outside of Olivier Kumwa entering the the portal, which is a little misleading. That that was more Olivier moving on from the program because he wants to be a professional basketball player in some capacity. But outside of that, it, it was a a three week stretch, a month stretch of no news, but a lot of question marks. And all of a sudden, here on a Friday at the end of the week. The, the week that we entered with a ton of questions that they seem to be mostly answered by the end of the week. And uh, for anybody who caught our basketball podcast that we r- recorded on Wednesday, middle of the, the week, obviously uh, I was a, a little bit of a Debbie downer and not too optimistic uh, about the roster as it currently sits. But uh, I, I do think Chris Ledlam, the Harvard transfer who committed uh, on Wednesday, I guess it was, uh, and then Dalton Kinnett, the transfer from Northern Colorado, uh, who announced here on a, a Friday, I, I think those are absolutely pickups that that make you feel better uh, about where the roster is. And, and I'm not just saying that because Tennessee picked up two commitments out of the, the transfer portal. Uh, you, <laughs> the, the running joke in recruiting is, is that every get is a good get. Yeah, uh, because everybody's yeah. always seeing things optimistically. Yeah, and, no bad gets, no bad gets, good vibes right, only. Right. The, you always see the, the potential of what somebody uh, c- could be adding. But uh, I'm, I'm not just saying that just to to, to say that and, and blow smoke up somebody's rear end or, or, or sunshine pump. Uh, I, I really do believe that these are two really, really nice – uh, additions for Tennessee basketball that that helps solidify the roster on top of Santiago Vescovi uh, deciding to return for a fifth year that we talked about earlier in the week on the other podcast. Uh, I, I think Chris Ledlam, I, I don't know that he's somebody who's going to come in and, and be a starter and, and be a, a huge 
needle mover, but I, I do think he's a, a good basketball player, really solid, uh, and, and can be that sixth, seventh man. Obviously smart guy too. Obviously really smart guy. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit uh, if you have a Harvard education, but uh, he, he's a guy, you know, Tennessee needed to add players on the wing uh, and they added two players here, two two different style of players. Uh, he, he's somebody that can go rebound the basketball. His, his three-point percentages weren't great, but I do think that he can shoot it. We'll, we'll see if that improves under Rick Barnes as, as Rick Barnes obviously does a great job of refining shooting forms. Uh, I just think he's a good overall basketball player that fits exactly what this program is about. And, and I think he will be a really nice contributor. Uh, I, I think the big prize is Dalton Connect, uh, a.k.a. Connect 4, uh, as Grant Ramey and I were joking about over the weekend at the airport as we talked to him uh, coming off of his official visit. And, and quite honestly, Wes, I'm surprised that he's made a decision within a week. We talked about it on the other podcast. Yeah, it d- didn't seem close. Seen. He didn't seem close. Not at all. He, he seemed very far away. Uh, he had gone on an official visit to, to Oregon, uh, then had been to Tennessee, and, and then just kind of said that he was just kind of seeing how things played out. And, and, you know, maybe he was hiding his cards, trying to be secretive because it is recruiting. Um, but I, I've also heard a, a hint that maybe things have changed in, in a positive manner NIL-wise for Tennessee. So maybe that played a, a role uh, as well. Um, but I, I think it's hard not to to be impressed of with what Tennessee has to offer if you're Don Connect. He he knows that he wants to play at the next level, and uh, he he felt like what Tennessee can offer in terms of helping him grow uh, in the in the weight room uh, physically uh, as a defender, uh, and then the positions that they're going to put him in to to score the basketball. I, I think he felt comfortable, and he is somebody that can score. For sure, uh, he, he's long on the wing. We we have him as the number one small forward in the two four seven transfer rankings, um, but he considers himself just a big guard at six foot six. So, I think that's the the prized pickup. Not to diminish Chris Ledlam because again, I think he's a good basketball player, uh, but I, I think Don Connect can can really be a a difference maker for Tennessee and and can be that perimeter scorer consistently. They've had perimeter scorers, Wes, but they haven't had consistent perimeter scorers. And I think Dalton Connect can can be that. And don't be alarmed that that he's coming from Northern Colorado. Uh, he started off at JUCO because he he was a, a late bloomer. Uh, he was short coming out of high school, uh, and he's hit a couple of growth spurts since then. And, and that's why North Carolina, Tennessee, Arkansas, Oregon, uh, other SEC schools, other Power Five schools that that's why they wanted him. So. There's still questions uh, remaining about this roster, but I do think that the roster has definitely gotten better with Santi's decision to return, obviously, and these two transfer additions. Yeah, and, and I think you made the point about Connect that I think was the important one is that he was at Northern Colorado be, because of just a really fascinating growth spurt. Like guys can have growth spurts at different times. It can happen sometimes a little bit later. And, and he just really kind of, he kind of sprang up like a weed there the past couple of years and, and really kind of changed him as a prospect. 
in this case, I mean, I don't know what there is to not like about this kid. He played about 36 minutes a game for Northern Colorado, so you know he's in shape. Uh, he hit more than 38% of his three-point shots. He also averaged 7.2 rebounds per game. You know, his assist to turnover was about one-to-one, which for, you know, a guy playing that position, it's not the best, but it's also not terrible. He blocked a couple shots. He had some steals. Like, he's got length. There's a lot to like about him as a player, and I'm not underselling Ludlam as a player either. I think he's kind of a, a tough sort of bruiser program type that Rick Barnes loves to have. Like, Rick Barnes loves to coach guys like that. And you could argue that Tennessee's two toughest dudes are Tennessee's two New York guys. So why not add another? Why not add a third guy from the boroughs, right? I mean, maybe he's maybe maybe bring him in there too, and they'll be even tougher as a team. So I, I like both of these. I like both of these things a lot. Now, neither one of them on the surface addresses the point guard situation, and that's obviously something that we, we can't sit here just a couple days ago and and talk about how how you know much of a problem or potential concern that is and then two or three days later it's still not addressed and we can't all of a sudden say boom everything's fixed right like that's still a concern that's absolutely a concern and that's something that we're going to talk about throughout the offseason I'm certain but right now you look at the composition of the roster and I think it's probably more or less complete now uh, barring a lot of changes I mean we can we can do the numbers on this and you take the the guys that they've lost so obviously Phillips now gone obviously come gone obviously Josiah Jordan James gone uh, so so you look at that and, and even then they might have some some you know very little wiggle room if any maybe not any at all maybe less than none in order to get the thing rounded out but I mean Tennessee's roster now almost looks set basically going forward and the, these additions I think they add more then they create problems for Tennessee, uh, but I, I think we're we're still sitting here saying they haven't, as far as we know, you know, solved the point guard situation. Now, do they imagine Ganey plays there some? Do they just say Vescovy's going to play there more often now? Do they, you know, because I mean, we don't know about Zakai Ziegler if he's going to be ready for the start of the season or not. They're still not sure, but you know, we can't just act like that hasn't been addressed. But I think you can have two conversations at the same time. You can say. You know, there's a couple things that you would like to have had happened and they didn't happen, but some other things did happen and those were also good things, right? Like you can have two conversations at once. You absolutely can um, because Tennessee's roster uh, is is set. And I do feel like people are forgetting that they, they signed a, a pretty big recruiting class uh, in in the basketball recruiting world. Uh, they, they signed four guys. Freddie DeLeon obviously came in early, um, but I, I practically consider him part of what will be the freshman class. And, and you, all, you also signed J.P. Estrella, the, the big-time center. Uh, you, you signed Cameron Carr, who, who really blew up in recruiting late, uh, and, and then Kate Phillips as well. One thing that I've gathered the, the last – Two days, Wes, uh, and hearing Rick Barnes talk in Nashville at the Big Orange Caravan on Wednesday uh, and then talking in Knoxville at their Knoxville stop is he seems really confident uh, about those guys that they're adding on the recruiting trail. And, and he's mentioned recruiting and, and obviously transfer recruiting factors in. But I, I think he's alluding to the guys that they signed. Now, on one hand, you're asking a lot. I believe, and we talked about this on the other podcast, you're asking a lot out of youngsters, and I think that can be risky. 
but they did sign talented youngsters. And, and Freddie DeLeon is is not necessarily going to be a, a true, true freshman because he did get here early. Uh, he was asked in, in Nashville kind of, how can you get better this offseason? Uh, how can you get over the hump in the NCAA tournament? Uh, and, and if you're a Tennessee fan, I, I think you have to be excited that Rick mentioned that they have to 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 get better on the perimeter, scoring and, and shooting the basketball. Uh, and, and he alluded to several times, both in Nashville and Knoxville, that they feel like they've done that uh, with their recruiting. Uh, he, he said when he was asked what they're looking for in the transfer portal, there's no doubt we need to improve our shooting, not only by recruiting it, which I think we have done that, but also with the guys that we have. Uh, I have great confidence. Guys are going to do that. I, I think we'll be a more athletic team. We'll be a little bit different, somewhat up front, uh, talking about the post players. We'll, we'll still add there, but I do know that we shot around 32%. What I've told our guys is that we just need guys to take the shots within our offense. They've got to do that with confidence, and that's part of my job to make sure they know that. And here's the the kicker. But I know we've improved our perimeter shooting with our recruiting. So I – I feel they call like, him Freddie Buckets, and 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 JP Estrella for a big man can really stroke it. Yes, and Cameron Carr is somebody who really came on as a scorer late during his recruiting process as well. So I, I think it's risky to to kind of lean on those guys, and obviously they're not going to be asked to to shoulder the load. And Rick referred to uh, Jemai Meshack improving as a shooter, and maybe he's maybe a point guard to... a little bit too. Maybe he's part of that equation at point guard now. Maybe that's just yeah, maybe how it so. is. But but just speaking to to solving the 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 shooting issue, uh Jemai has a nice stroke. He he can get better as a shooter. Uh DJ Jefferson has a nice stroke. Uh, Jonas Adu, he 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 can knock down shots yes, from the he perimeter. Absolutely maybe, can. maybe he's asked to, to do more. Uh so those returning guys improving their shots, which which we've seen plenty of guys do under Barnes on top of talented offensive players that they're bringing in, I, I w- that kind of caught me off guard that that they are leaning on those those youngsters to contribute, not carry the load, but to contribute, which again can be risky, but they have the talent to do so. And, and then you throw in a Dalton Connett who can knock down perimeter shots and Santiago Vescovi, one of the, the best three-point shooters in school history and SEC history, he's coming back. Like all of a sudden, some of the issues that were frustrating, they 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 look like they have potential to get turned around. And now I don't think that they're going to turn around and lead the SEC in those departments, but I, I don't think it's it, it could potentially not be an issue anymore to, to where it's not as frustrating to watch. That's the thing, Ben. It doesn't have to be – they never needed to be elite offensively. They just needed to be average when they were just average offensively, they usually won because their defense was phenomenal. And, and so I think that's going to frustrate some people knowing that, you know, again, they wanted to say Rick Barnes is going, they want him to change some things in that offense. And he's not going to do that uh, for better or for worse. You, you saw that with his answers. He said, they just need to take the shots within the offense. He still believes in that offense. That's what he believes in. That's who he is. He is not going to change at this age. If you want him to just completely bring in a new kind of offensive philosophy, you're not going to get that, guys. You're just not. So what you're going to get is 
him trying to get the shots that he wants within within his offense, which he believes in. That's again. Now, is that the right answer? I, I don't know. We're, we're going to see. But if you expected anything different, you you just didn't know Rick Barnes. I hate to be so blunt about that, but that that's sort of what I think. But there's lots more to discuss about this, Ben. We're slightly overdue for a break here on a breaking news episode. We're going to come back, talk about the guys who are not coming back, and talk about the big picture again with this roster. Because in order for Tennessee to bring all these guys in, you know that you had to go, you had to have some going out the outdoor too. So we'll talk about that and talk about how the puzzle fits together Zakai Ziegler that other stuff quickly uh, after we come back here in just a second from some product services and house ads etc be right back hey it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels so whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the Priceline app today your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. The time has come for drag queens to save the world. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars is back on Paramount Plus, and for the first time ever, I want you to use your talent for good for a change. <laughs> Eight iconic queens are competing for the charity of their choice. This is how you do drag. Who will slay it forward, win cash for their favorite cause, and a coveted spot in the Drag Race Hall of Fame. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. New season streaming May 17th exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. Welcome back to the GoVols 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio and Ben McKee coming to you from across town there at his unnamed home studio there at his house. I still want him to name it at some point, but you can't force someone to do something they don't want to do. They have to do it on their own, and that's the way that it should be, and that is okay. Ben, we're talking Tennessee basketball right now. Obviously, with, with Dalton Connect connecting to Tennessee uh, basketball with with uh, Ledlam, Chris Ledlam from Harvard, uh, con- uh, converting, I guess, uh, you know, transferring to Tennessee basketball. Uh, obviously, um, you know, you've had Jordan Ganey uh, transfer or say he's going to transfer to Tennessee basketball, and, and then you know the signees that are coming in, the ones that, the one that came in last year, Freddie DeLeon, and then the ones that are there now are coming in the next couple of months. So basically, that's a long way of saying we now sort of have a grasp on more or less what this Tennessee basketball roster is going to look like. But in order for that to happen, there had to be uh, some guys leaving the program. And it looks now, as we've been alluding to for a while, that that with Julian Phillips and with Josiah Jordan-James, their focus is on the next level. And then with Olivier Cumwap, I mean, that, that was announced a little bit ago that he was going to go into the portal, but that that wasn't the real reason what he's really trying to do is go pro. And I thought you brought this up, Ben, to me right before we hit record. Some really interesting comments from Rick Barnes uh, at the the Knoxville Big Orange Caravan stop regarding Olivia Kumwa, I think. Yeah, that his his dad is the reason that he entered the transfer portal. His dad wanted to wanted Olivier to to enter the the portal. I was not surprised that that Rick offered that information up because Rick Barnes is, is Rick Barnes in, yep. in that regard. Um, but uh, I, I found it very interesting. Um, but all, all along, and if you've read the right people, you've read that his intentions are to 
play professional basketball. Uh, his, his dream is to play in, in the NBA, and there's no shame in, in that whatsoever. I admire that. I, I hope he reaches uh, the NBA. Uh, and I also don't think it's crazy for, for even if it was his dad's idea to, to keep the transfer option open uh, to him because in, in today's world of NIL, he can collect a, a big bag, uh, especially with how desperate some of these teams are, are getting in the portal. So uh, I found that very interesting that that Rick offered that information up that uh, Olivier Cumwa's dad was the one who wanted Olivier to enter the portal. And, and Rick said immediately after that, that they have to do what is best for them and uh, their situation, but emphasized multiple times that uh, Josiah Jordan James and Olivier are are just pursuing their dreams uh, and just really want to play professional basketball and make it into the league somehow, some way. Uh, and Josiah Jordan James, Julian Phillips, uh, Olivier Kumwa, I, I guess technically it's not all over, um, but the, the writing is on the wall. Uh, when Yeah, it's basic math. Yes, it's it's basic math. When Chris Ledlum committed, they were one spot over. They were one scholarship over. And now with Dalton Connect committing, they're two spots over, which that obviously means Olivier Cumois and Josiah Jordan-James are not going to take advantage of the COVID year that they have. Uh, and remember, as we talked about on the previous podcast, the, the COVID numbers do count against the number Santiago Vescovi deciding to return that they're not getting a relief there like they did with Jordan Bowden during that one season uh, that that COVID relief from a scholarship roster standpoint it, it no longer exists uh, so there's no room for Urosh, Josiah, Olivier to return Th those writings have been on the wall uh, but do have to mention it because technically there has been no formal announcement from any of those guys. Uh, and then also with uh, Chris Ledlam committing the Harvard transfer that also signified that Julian Phillips would not be returning again, nothing official, but it's simple math. Like Wes just said, uh, and, and the writing is on the wall. There, there's no room. Uh, Julian Phillips, as we talked about, seems dead set on being a professional basketball player, trying to make it to the league and and, and leaving after one year and uh, best of luck to him, but he is not expected back, obviously. Uh, so th that where, where it gets really interesting because the, the writing was on the wall with Olivier, Julian, Uros, Josiah, uh, and, and, you know, Santi takes that spot. Jordan Ganey, Justin Ganey's son, uh, Justin Ganey, the assistant coach, he is going to be on scholarship, so he is. He's not going to be a walk on. He, he's he's which, a scholarship which player. might which might have some people raising their eyes, and I think understandably so because that would seem to be something you could correct in house. But but regardless, I mean that's that's not our decision to make. But I think I understand why some people might wonder about that. Yeah, and and, and I don't want to co comment too much on that just because sure, I don't sure. want to, to speak. Incorrectly. I, I, I don't know if there's a rule there or, or something along those lines. I, I do know, as as I shared on the previous pod, that Justin Ganey was completely hands off. Oh, his kid on, can play. I'm not arguing that at all. Yeah, I know you're not. But for, for those who may not have caught the other podcast, 
Justin Ganey was completely hands off with the recruitment of Jordan Ganey. He he let Rick Barnes and Greg Polinski handle the entire recruitment, and they they are not taking Jordan Ganey because he is the son of one of the assistant coaches that they think he can help with how he plays defense and, and his ability to shoot the basketball. Uh, so he, he was thrilled to find out as a dad, first and foremost, that he was going to be able to coach his son. I mean, obviously there's a, a, a natural connection uh, sure. that, that helped, but uh, Tennessee has been adamant that they wanted Jordan Ganey because they, they think he can help uh, and, and that he's not solely coming because that his dad is on staff. And, and maybe that's why he is on scholarship uh, yeah, because yeah. They, they're treating him as a, actually this sounds bad but as an actual basketball player uh, yeah. as, as if as if his dad wasn't on staff but with, with yeah no my, 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 my point was only that we know that his dad makes a nice living if you know what i mean <laughs> that, that would right. be that that was the point i was making but again there there could be rules there i, I don't want to speak out of turn i just I, I that to me ben is the kind of thing that i i think we all know tennessee fans well enough to know that's going to be something that comes up and i don't have a great answer for that so i'm going to be honest and say I think that's at least a fair thing to wonder about. For sure. Uh, but Jordan Ganey being on scholarship, Santiago Vescovi taking up a scholarship spot, and then Chris Ledlam's commitment, that that kind of fills the 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 and remember they they signed four guys. So the, those are seven players to replace the the outgoing guys. And and I believe they had a spot or two open anyways, even with this this last year's roster. Um, but where it gets interesting because the, the writing was on the wall with all those guys, like we just talked about and Ganey and Ledlam and Santi filled those spots, but they only had one really spot open, assuming Julian Phillips left for the NBA, which is what is expected. It gets really interesting when you then realize that, uh, nobody has transferred, which means they don't have room for anybody. But yet here comes Dalton Connect committing to Tennessee, but there's no spots open and all the seniors that can leave have left and all the NBA guys who can go to the NBA has left which would mean that somebody's got to go in my Kevin Hart voice there. Yeah, I mean that, that's that's just basic math, right? You don't you don't need Chris Ludlum Harvard math to be able to 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 no. make that comment, you know. And, and I, I, I'll say this, I we'll see. I mean there's a long way to go there. There's still several months in the off season, so we'll see how all that shakes out, but but I'll say this very quickly, Ben, uh, because we're we're running pressed for time here a little bit on this breaking news edition, but but I think I want to say this carefully because I'm not an NBA scout right? I'm not even one of the people at 24-7 Sports who technically does the talent evaluations in terms of this guy's a four-star, five-star, yada, yada. I mean, I, I can talk to those guys, but like, you know, that that's not my job. That That's not your job. That, that We have other people who do these things, other people who are scouts, obviously, and, and do this stuff. But I, I think that with Julian Phillips, everyone knows what I said the other day, and I stand by that. And I'm going to add Olivier Cumwa to that too. I think there is still so much upside to that guy, and he's old for upside. But again, you had the injuries there. You know, you had a couple things that 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 maybe slowed his development a little bit. You know, some traffic in front of him with playing time when he got there with guys who were who were proven players, really good players. And then he had the the nasty injury when he was starting to play well. So so there are factors in the development, the COVID year. I mean, there's all sorts of things in play there. But still, when a guy, when I think a guy's ceiling 
is still so much higher than what his consistent baseline performance is. I think another year of college basketball would do that guy could could do that guy wonders. Maybe he is who he is as a player, and that's just who he's going to be. But I, I still, man, guys have every right to make the, the decisions they want for themselves, and I wish all of them the best when they do that. But with Julian Phillips and with Olivier Comois, I got to tell you, I, I'm not sure either dude is ready. I, I really don't, and, and that's not my decision to make. That that's not my place as a scout. I'm not a scout, but. I just think in both of those cases, another year of college ball, whether it's at Tennessee or somewhere else, could do wonders for those guys. So I hope it, it turns out well for them, but I wouldn't – we're nothing if not honest here, and that's my honest opinion is is I I, I got to wonder if either of those guys are making the right call. I agree, uh, and we, we did hash out that conversation on the previous podcast. So if you missed that, do encourage you to go back and listen. What What's interesting to me, Wes, is – what what spot is is going to open? I, I think naturally people kind of look at B.J. Edwards and and D.J. Jefferson. I I mean I, I don't see Jonas Adu or Jemai Meshack or Tobey Awaka or Sakai Siegler. Or, no, I mean Jemai was really excited that Santi was coming back, so I don't think you can put him on that list. Yeah, so I, and I don't want to speculate uh, because it, it's it's a weird era of college sports, and you, you just never know Th- things change. Uh, so quickly, but it, it's kind of hard not to look at the, the bottom of the totem pole and, and and realize that with Dalton Connect's commitment, somebody's got to go. Yeah, uh, it's, and, it's numbers. Uh, yeah, it's just numbers, uh, and, and we'll see what happens. Um, but, uh, I mean, Rick Barnes has said it perfectly time and time again. Like, it, it never seems to make sense, but it always ends up working out naturally. And, and that will be the case or, or or artificially with a little bit of a shove. <laughs> yes, potentially. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. But uh, so somebody has to go. That that was the ultimate point that I was getting to earlier. Is that uh, with Dalton Connect committing, the, there's no more spots. There there was no spots open, uh, and, and now somebody is going to have to leave, and unless they just completely pull off a miracle in in some other form or or fashion. Uh, but like Rick said, these things always uh, find a way to to work itself out. And, and now that you, you talked about about this earlier, you can have two conversations at the same time. On, on one hand, like Tennessee basketball has gotten better this week uh, with its uh, additions yep. and, and Santi's decision. So you you pretty much know what the roster is going to to look like, barring some unforeseen circumstance happening. Uh, so I, I do like the roster. I, I think it's going to be a good basketball team. We'll, we'll see how good, and we'll have plenty of time to to, to rake over those thoughts and, and form those thoughts more in better ways uh, as the season approaches. Uh, but it's it's going to be another good basketball team. Should be an NCAA tournament team, uh, but th- there are still questions uh, with the point guard position, like you said earlier. I, I still think in an ideal world, it would have been nice to add a, a proven post player, uh, but you, you're just going to have to have Tobey Walker. Small ball world. Well, and, and you're just going to have to have, yes, they, they will play small ball, but you're, you're also going to have to have Jonas Adu and Tobey Walker have big off seasons, take a step forward. You're going to have to have J.P. Estrella contribute as a true freshman. I, I'm not as worried about that department. I, I'm more so worried about the point guard position because right now you have one true point guard that is coming off a a torn ACL and you don't know how he's going to be uh, 
this upcoming season. Uh, and again, if BJ Edwards is the one that does leave, then you're left with one true point guard is, yep. is what I should have and, said. And a lot of people will, will say, why would he be the guy to go? And, and I, you know, that's, that's, it's a fair question. It's a fair question. It, it, it yeah, and, and I don't want to harp too much on that because again, weird things happen nowadays and, and I don't want to speculate on, on something that I don't know. I'm not trying to, talk something into existence or allude to something. Yeah, or, or make a hint like that we're saying, hey, yes. wink, wink, nod, I'm, nod. We're not doing that. Yeah, I'm truly not trying to do that. Um, but you're you're unproven at point guard. And you do have guys that can handle the ball. But I maintain that forcing Tyreek Key into being the backup primary ball handler at the beginning of last season threw him into a rut that he was incapable of of coming out of. So you, you have Zakai Ziegler. I expect him to have a nice season, even coming off a torn ACL. That alone is a question mark, but I, I don't like the idea of just assuming because you have these other guys who can handle the ball, that that won't be an issue because we just saw that not work. And I, I believe ruined the trajectory trajectory of Tyreek Key's season, and I don't think that's a plan that should be relied upon moving forward. Maybe they prove it wrong. Maybe it works out better this time around, but I, I think in, it would be nice to have a, a second primary ball handler. I agree, and I think my bottom line that I'll end on is I, I still say this every year. I have complete trust in Rick Barnes being able to put a really competitive product on the floor. Tennessee will be in the hunt. Tennessee is going to have plenty of talent. Tennessee is going to, you know, still play in the nice arena. It's still going to have the fan support. Like Tennessee is still going to be right there in the hunt. It's just a matter of, you know, did Tennessee do enough to, to find its way, you know, find a way to get over the hump when the postseason arrives. And, you know, we're not going to be able to answer that one for 11 months, bud. So, you know, I don't know what to tell you on that other than we're going to have to wait and see like everybody else is. But we'll see. The offseason is here. Tennessee's roster is mostly set, and we'll have more time to to discuss that. We'll, we'll, we'll speak to Barnes. We'll speak to those players. We'll be at practices and whatnot, and, and we'll see where it goes from here. But uh, until then, unless you got anything else, Ben, I think we're good, bud. Nope, I don't have anything else. I, I think this was a good week for for Tennessee basketball. Uh, I know I was a, a bit of a, a Debbie Downer earlier this week on, on the pod, kind of with a, with, with a bunch of, of question marks surrounding the roster, but I, I think a lot of those uh, questions ha, have been answered. And I think this is, again, like I said a moment ago, I, I think it's going to be a good Tennessee basketball team, uh, a fun one because of the, the commitments of, of these two transfers. Uh, and Santi's decision to return. And, and I think fans are, are really going to be thrilled and, and more excited than they realized to, to watch this freshman class as well on, on top of those returning players, assuming that they take a step forward, are going to get a ton better. So uh, it, it'll be another fun season of, of Tennessee basketball when that time of year rolls around. And, and that's because it, it was a good week for Tennessee basketball. It, it was, and it was a, it, it maybe it was an okay week for the podcast. Where again, we're we're working through some of these audio things. We're about to get them settled, but a little step in the right direction here, and then then we'll have it good to go. Uh, hopefully, like normal uh, next week. So Ben, appreciate the time, man, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk again here very very soon. Thanks, Wes.
was a very bright shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.